following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Parenting Hour. You're listening to Unity FM 93.5 and this is Parenting Hour. Uh, welcome to our Luton listeners also. I just want to make a little announcement before I move on about a need party that's coming up. So there's a need party for women and children and boys under 10 will take place at Fanatics Indoor Play Centre, Stratford Road, Birmingham, B33 9 a.n. on Friday the 25th of September. So that's the Friday just after I eat, alhamdulillah. Come along to the fantastic chance to indulge in fun and games at the Wacky Warehouse, Bansy Castle, meet cartoon artists and characters and enjoy face painting, henna, food, drinks. And that's all for just £5 per head with no extra cost. It's organised by, by El Baran Education Foundation and all the money raised will support projects such as Bread Factory, School, Waterwell, Pharmacy and much more for Syria. So please do come along to that. If you want more information, ring 0121-773-8751 or visit their website www.albayan.org.uk. Okay, we're just going to continue today and um, we have with us our guests uh, in the studio. So we have Abrar and Akhil and we are talking about the madrasa system and this is kind of on the back of what happened last week when uh, two imams have been sent to, to jail uh, for smacking or hitting or whatever the situation. I um, don't uh, fully have the details of the situation but they've been sent to jail anyway for, for that with a child. Um, and we've been discussing the madrasa system and of course how to help children to have fun in the system and what the madrasa system should be like we've come up with a few ideas I spoke about how we can interact more fun into the system um, how to maybe there is different organizations out there that are doing something a bit differently called Al-Habu Quran is one example and there's a few more different organizations trying to help our children to learn Quran in a fun way and we were just talking about that there before the break and how things have changed and how could we change things here maybe in the UK? Um, what would need to happen if we were to to change the traditional system here? And you were having a very good conversation there about that. It, do you think um, there is a possibility that this could happen, that we could change things in the UK to, to, so that children are not frightened of going to madrasa and that parents know more about the madrasas and this hitting and things like this that don't happen and that we can teach our teachers there in madrasa how to adequately help children to learn and enjoy and understand the Quran and understand Islam and practice it in a, in a peaceful way? Yeah, I mean, as you said, like, we have to make sure that our children want to go to Madrasa just like they want to go to school, you know, like kids, they love going to school. Well, mm. some kids, maybe not all the kids, but um, you want to have, you want to give them the same sort of um, enthusiasm when they go to Madrasas in the evening. And, uh, you know, as I said to Mother Ibra before that, you know, kids are like, like, they're like small people, you know, you just, you, you can't treat them you know, in a way where they feel inferior, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and even, for example, you know, uh, you know, hitting kids or uh, even like shouting at children. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, I, if you go to work, for example, and your boss is always shouting at you, mm-hmm. 
it's not going to do much for your for your morale and mm-hmm. you know it's not going to improve your your mm-hmm. you know your your work uh, self esteem your your self esteem mm-hmm. and your you know your exactly. how, how you, you know your your how, how good you do with regards to to mm-hmm. your work in you know uh, in, in the office for example so with children it's even worse mm-hmm. you know and when you shout at your tr- when you shout at the children mm-hmm. then there it's going to be even it's going to have an even more you know a uh, detrimental effect on them and on their uh, and on their you know performance in the madrasas and these skills can be taught and learned because we teach parents how to be thankful first thankful first that mm. they have children thankfulness we call it. and then how to show thankfulness to their children when they do the right things how do they praise them and we know when we're praised and when we get a compliment we want to do the same thing again or even better and children are the same and as well as as having happier outcomes at the end, parents are getting a reward for this because yeah. they're being rewarded for their good parenting uh, if they have the proper attention. So it, it can be learned, alhamdulillah. We have on, on the line um, uh, an expert, Anita. Hello. Hello there. there. Welcome to the line. Anita, uh, can you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? I can. Hello again, Kathleen. My name's Anita Moore, and I work at the Borswell Heath Children's Centre. And one of the things that I do is teach staff on safeguarding children and young people. Great, great. So we have been talking earlier on about um, about the madrasas and about uh, trying to change things and how trying to how children could uh, have more fun in um, learning and uh, enjoying themselves in madrasas and that this is how they would learn and this is the the outcome that everybody wants Um, and Brother Achille is here in the studio um, a very experienced teacher been teaching for many years Mm -hmm. Um, can you from from your experience just uh, tell us what happens in children's centres when children come in and learn how do you kind of inspire them at a young age to get them on board and uh, wanting them to um, understand what you're doing and and teach them? Well, uh, uh, Kathleen, for all schools and educational establishments, nurseries, early year settings, play centres, we are all heavily um, regulated by Ofsted. Mm-hmm. And Ofsted, when they do any inspections, safeguarding is the first and foremost thing that they look at. And so there's very strict criteria that they're going to be inspecting us on and ensuring that we've got absolutely robust policies and procedures in, in first of all, preventing anything to happen that will harm the children. So that includes things like having uh, adequate health and safety policies, you know, something simple like having good fire drills and uh, clean waste paper baskets and fresh water for the children that's available all of the time, right through to healthy eating, making sure that the staff have got food hygiene certificates when they're preparing food for the children. So honestly, there are policies, and and so many policies, and then when you do trips out with the children, are they safe? Mm -hmm. So there's lots and lots on on that. There's ensuring that the children's welfare is safeguarded in terms of their learning and development and their welfare. So they have to stick to the national curriculum. They have to stick to the early years foundation stage. So the staff are all trained in that, and they're all following it, and they're, they're... assessing the children and reporting on it and doing profiles and pages and doing lots of positive reward and recognition. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very common and it's, it's, it's all the educational establishments are doing it and they have loads of different systems in place to reward the children when they're doing well so that they want to do well and they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as parents, you'll see all of that. You can go onto the school website. You can look in any of the prospectuses and they will explain how they are supporting the children. 
-hmm. Now, obviously, the other side of that is that the staff have to be trained in understanding when children may be at risk of harm and mm -hmm. what to do if they suspect the child is at risk of harm or they are being abused. So, you know, it's part of my job to ensure that they're updated on all of the, the, um, the knowledge and the skills there. So the NSPCC is a fantastic charity and organisation. Any parents that are listening out there, you can log on to the NSPCC website and there is a lot of really useful information there to raise your awareness of the role of any of the professionals, but also what you need to do and be aware of. I, I do often find, uh, Kathleen, that some parents, they don't really understand the uh, signs and the symptoms of child abuse. I know that the NSPCC did a huge campaign on neglect because some people don't realize and, and understand what it is, and it's there to help people. So a lot of the role of the staff within the children's center, it's not there to judge parents, they're there to help them. So the family support workers will go out, meet parents, introduce them to the services that the children's centers run, mm -hmm. and then say, please take part of them, they're here for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any difficulties or any issues or problems, come and ask us and we'll signpost and support mm -hmm. you um, and find ways. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's a huge area, Kathleen, um, mm -hmm. safeguarding. It, it, there's lots of elements and aspects of it. Mm -hmm. But also all schools, nurseries and, and uh, professional organisations, scouts, you name it, they have to have policies and procedures in place that show that we've got robust uh, recruitment procedures, mm -hmm. that the staff that and the volunteers, the students, that anybody that wants to work with children, we're vetting them that mm -hmm. they're suitable to work with children. Mm -hmm. So they have to have a good induction, they have to have references. We mm -hmm. do what's called a DBS check, which mm -hmm. is um, looking into the uh, criminal history of somebody to ensure that they haven't got, if they've got a criminal record, that there's, it's something that's not going to affect their ability to do their job. So mm -hmm. um, that's all screened, and there are some people which are barred from working with children and pe young sure. people. Yeah. So yeah. any of the local authority um, and, and voluntary sector settings should have all of these in place mm -hmm. um, and any parent out there can ask for them so if you're using mm -hmm. any services such as uh, uh, holiday play schemes or clubs or anywhere you're leaving a child for somebody else to look after ask to see their policies ask them mm -hmm. what would you do if you know, would, you know how do I know my child is safe that I'm leaving them with you mm -hmm. how do I know that you're caring for them mm -hmm. how do I know that you'll phone me where there's a problem you know, they should have all of their emergency contact details and who to call. Mm -hmm. So there's... I, ha I have Brother Akil nodding his head here in front mm. of me when when you're saying all that. Yeah. So in your experience, Brother, this is something that you would like to see also. Is, is this happening in all the madrasas, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's happening in all the madrasas, mm. but um, the Greenland Masjid, the one that I was involved in, uh, mm -hmm. we used to do DBS checks for all the teachers who used mm -hmm. to teach there. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely something, as Anita was saying, is something which is important and, uh, you know, having information of the parents um, just in case something happens to the children. We've mm -hmm. had incidents where, you you know, some certain accidents happen, for example, in mm. the Madrasa, and you, know, you need to contact someone. So it's always good mm. to have, uh, you know, it's essential really to have like the contact details of, of the parents mm. just in case something happens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely something which needs to be done. And this is, I think, this is kind of basic, basic stuff, really, you mm. know, having the information for parents mm. just in case something happens and, you know, uh, DBS checks for, 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 the, for, the, for the teachers as mm -hmm. well. 
Mm-hmm. So. And and would the teachers, in your experience, be kind of aware of um, have had safeguarding training and aware if there was if the child was coming maybe hungry or not dressed properly or things like that that, that, that there might be a problem at home. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, it depends it's on. The, the sorry, just just one moment, brother. We've got yeah. a phone call on line one. Just okay. Assalamualaikum, listener. Walaikum salam, sister. Thank you very much for allowing me to uh, say a few words on this program. I think uh, this is a very valid and important topic you are actually discussing today, and it needs to be discussed in lengthy detail. Um, uh, as far as the the registration of uh, the people who are actually working with young children, it's not happening in all mosques, as far as I know, to be honest. Uh, and that needs that is needs to be done, it is very important and, and they should make it compulsory. Because, you see, these people are working with young, vulnerable children and they need to be vetted properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, uh, probably, uh, as far as I know, I uh, work for the um, uh, uh, local authority and I discovered that a number of incidents actually occur in, in, in the religious institutions. Not just in the in the mosque, but in also in gurdwaras and mandars and churches. Mm-hmm. And some, uh, particularly as far as the mosque is concerned, they put it on the carpet, and that needs to be actually addressed properly. Do you uh, have children at the moment in a madrasa, brother? Sorry. Do you have children yourself in a madrasa? No, no, no. My children are now actually grown up, and now I've actually uh, taught my children privately, uh, having a tutor at home. Okay. A female tutor, and uh, to be honest, my I've got a grandchild who's actually currently uh, studying Quran from a uh, private tutor, female tutor. To be honest, uh, I haven't got much faith in these uh, madrasas because these things are actually, um, uh, I mean, particularly the abuse, physical or sexual abuse, uh, actually occurs, and uh, nobody takes a notice. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very rare that it's reported or highlighted to the police. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, they, as far as I think personally, I think they should make it compulsory that all the all the all the people who are working with young children they should be vetted properly. Mm-hmm. Like you, you work for any organization, mm-hmm. you need to have two reference. You need to have a CRB clear. And mm-hmm. some people, like you said, mentioned in the program. They are not actually fit enough. They are not allowed to work with young people mm-hmm. of their previous uh, records. And that needs to be addressed because the thing is, you know, you're not going to learn by beat, or you teach your children by beating them up. Mm-hmm. But beside that, you know, as far as the sexual abuse is concerned, in most of the institutions, it's put under the carpet. And that needs to be addressed. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, I mean, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, I'm sorry that some people wouldn't like what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but the thing is, this is very, very important that needs mm-hmm. to be addressed. And as you probably already aware, that you know, in most of the institutions, if this kind of incident actually occurs or happens, uh, nobody actually uh, they try to put it under the carpet. Even uh, you know, the perpetrator uh, is. Uh, basically or uh, disregarded or just he moves on to another area or he moves on to another uh, another town i mean that's not on the thing is they they should should be banned completely if they are actually involved in a uh, in that kind of uh, 
uh, assault or, uh, or incident. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, listener, for, for your comments. And, and I'll get Brother Rakhil now to answer that. Thank, uh, you, thank you for ringing oh. in. Assalamu alaikum. So, Brother Akhil, that, that was a big, big statement there yeah. that was made. And, and you were just actually coming to that, weren't you? You were saying that everybody needs to see, or well, now it's a DBS check yeah. and, and reference done. Um, I mean, it's a shame that uh, people are ringing in and saying it's still happening out there, that uh, mm. people are going through the net even with with these checks or do you think that this is these things were happening with the, the people that this brother was talking about it's they ha- they haven't been checked they don't have the policies like what you have in in your mosque maybe i mean that that, that 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 may really be the case that there's not enough checks going on you know i fully agree with what the brother was saying you know i mean people who uh, are involved in any of these kinds of acts they should never be you know uh, uh, they should never be allowed to teach you know in that capacity uh, again and you know the messenger of Allah sallam he mentioned a hadith that all of you kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an you're all shepherds and you're all responsible for your flock mm-hmm. so that goes for, for parents it goes for managers and people who are responsible for their employees mm-hmm. and it also goes for you know imams mm-hmm. you know and teachers in their in their classrooms mm-hmm. with regards to their students mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like an aman of you know you're you're responsible for those tre- children for you know one and a half two hours three hours sure, in the day sure because so responsibility for those children and everything you do you're responsible for yeah, yeah. and you're teaching them the most important thing mm-hmm. that they need to know which so is their religion and their mm-hmm. faith and you know their their worship and why they're here how could we and i'll post this to both you and to anita how could we bring closer together the policies that are happening in children's centres and in in schools and etc. and other organisations and, and voluntary organisations, you said, scouts as well. How could we bring those things more into madrasas? How can we bridge the gap? I'm happy to uh, offer training and I think uh, other organisations would be where uh, to, to go in and teach the staff about the roles and the responsibilities. Um, I think that's important. I think it's important to raise the awareness amongst parents as well and also children and young people themselves. Children and young people are, uh, need to be given an understanding that, that of resilience and having the right choices and to understand that they have rights and that they can speak and people mm-hmm. will listen. Um, the, the Birmingham Safeguarding Board has produced new guidelines on the right services, right time, and the child is at the centre, and it's the child's voice which is really important. Um, there have been serious case reviews from, you know, all across the country, some recent ones, and the lessons that need to be learned from when children have been seriously harmed or sadly have been killed by perpetrators, um, usually people that are known to them. And uh, it's all, you know, you, you must really keep the child at the centre and always think, What's it like to be this child in this situation at this time? And uh, they need to be given a voice. So I think the young man in this particular incident was able to talk to a teacher at school. And now you see uh, teachers and any people that work with children, it is our duty to report any issues and concerns and to take seriously what the children say to us. It's it's not our job to uh, do any kind of... um, Uh, investigation that's the job of the authorities but it is our job to report it and not just for if you work it it you know you might know a neighbor that's struggling and there there may be things happening in the house next door if you know there's young children there then phone the nspcc and say i don't know what to do but i'm worried about the children next door 
So it's not just children that go to supplementary schools or madrasas or mosques or any kind of uh, external uh, extracurricular activities. It's just children in general. So we want to keep our children safe and confident and happy. There's lots of dangers out there, and uh, mm. they need to know what to do to keep themselves safe and who to get support from. Very good. And, and um, yeah, we all need to know this, and I think knowledge is powerful, and uh, our people that are responsible for the children need to have this training and and understand where to go, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's... New training coming out all of the time, so within schools and nurseries, if we think that one of our colleagues is acting inappropriately, mm-hmm. we have to report that. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, there is no silence, there is no covering up, there mm-hmm. is no supporting your friends and hoping it will go away, mm-hmm. because you, you're not protecting the children like that. And it just shows, you know, the contrasting, uh, you know, difference between schools and madrasas, the fact that the child had to go to school and tell them what was taking place in the madrasa, mm. you know, which shows that there wasn't any, you know, trust or any, mm. you know, there was no kind of uh, belief in the system mm. that was taking, that, that the madrasas had in place. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just sad that they had to go to the, to the schools that they go to during the day to tell them about what happened mm-hmm. in the evening madrasas, you know, that shows that there's a serious problem there. Because we know from our experience also that parents some parents, not all parents, thank God, but some parents do hit their children. Mm. And um, when we've asked them about this, they say, oh, it's because I don't know what else to do. I'm at the end of my tether. I'm, uh, it's been done to me. It caused me no harm. Uh, so it's, it, my parents did it to me. My grandparents did it to my parents. And it's a traditional thing. It's a lack of a, a cultural thing and generational thing. But they know deep down that it doesn't work, that these this hitting doesn't work. And so when we teach them new techniques, new concepts, they can understand and put that into place and make the positive changes. I think we, we need to be kind of more coming towards or maybe offering these, like what you've offered, Anita, the safeguarding training. Yeah. Offer training to people that um, don't know these skills or don't know how to approach children. But how could we go about this in a bigger scale, I wonder, here in the UK? Because we have... And if we just look at Birmingham, how many children go to madrasas in the evening time? Uh, have you got any idea, brother, how many madrasas is there? How many children roughly uh, go to madrasas? I don't, actually. No, no, but there must be a huge amount, yeah, you know. Yeah, there must be a lot, of, a lot of Muslim parents sending their children to madrasas because mm. of lack of time to be able to teach them themselves. Mm, yes, yes, so. of course. And you're, they're putting them in the trust of somebody and maybe they don't know themselves or they, yeah. you know, wh- what is expected. So how can we help in this? Who could we approach? How could we take Anita's offer of help up? I mean, I think the most important thing is education. Mm-hmm. You know, educating and raising awareness. You know, before anything else, you have to raise awareness about these issues that are taking place and, uh, you know, educate parents, educate children, educate uh, madrasas, teachers, people responsible for any, um, you know, madrasas or centres or Islamic institutions mm-hmm. and just, you know, Raising awareness and That's regulating them. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid it w- would have to come to that, mm. so that um, you can regulate. There's, there's all kinds of supplementary schools and schools where parents take their children to to do uh, maths and English. Uh, so it's, it's not just madrasas; it's any kind of extracurricular mm. activities. Mm-hmm. They need to be regulated. They need to be accountable to ensure the children are safe. What about if it was? Um, 
you know, because you get a lot of um, people teaching private tuition. So yeah. would that would that apply in, in, yeah. in those circumstances absolutely. as well? Absolutely, yeah. because very sadly there are individuals that want to groom children mm. for their own personal pleasure. And it's very unpleasant to say this, but they're very manipulative individuals and they can manipulate adults as well. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's awful to say it, but this is what they will intentionally do to feed a, a, a completely distorted view of, of, of how they get sexual pleasure. So mm. that's just one of the risks. But there are other risks out there, of course, with um, grooming children for all kinds of things. So there's, there's not just sexual exploitation. Mm. Um, so children and young people need to be aware of signs and the symptoms. Parents need to be aware of the signs and the symptoms if their children are getting secretive. The, I mean, the, the risks now with children with online uh, and the internet and e-safety, mm. uh, parents need to be aware of what their children are looking at on the screens, what, what websites they're viewing. Because like on TV, you've got uh, regulations for, for TV programs that are watershed after nine o'clock. On the computer, there is nothing. So children mm. can be looking at things which are adult materials at any time of the day or night. Mm -hmm. They can be looking at them on their phones, and as a parent, you'll never know. There's a lot out there that parents need to be aware of to protect and support their children. Yes, it's a huge topic we, we've it's just opened, I'm afraid, and mm -hmm. uh, I think we could go on to, to continue talking about this for another hour, but we're so. coming towards the very end <laughs> of the show. And and it was great. Thank you, Anita, for coming on to the show and sharing your experience with us and also your way forward. I'd like to thank you so much for doing that, and maybe we can pick it up another time of how we can work more closely together. Yes, thank you, Brother Akil, also thank for you. coming on and giving up your time, mashallah. And inshallah, we will try and bring, bring our expertise together to have better mosques and better teachers in the future. Just before we end, I just would like to remind um, parents and children that are listening about this Eid party on the 25th, on Friday the 25th, the day after Eid.